1: Tribe, it is so good to have you back here on the podcast, listening for another weekly episode of the Mind Body Musings show. Today, we are speaking with Miss Kelsey Grant, who is passionate about living in a world where people feel inspired, fulfilled, balanced, and happy within the expansiveness of their intimate relationships. As a love and relationship educator rooted in radical self love methodology, she writes, speaks, and teaches men and women the art of accessing greater alignment with themselves, one another, and the essence of true love. Her love and relationship education platform, the legendary Love Academy, produces live events, online self study programs, online group classes, local and international retreats, all designed to teach the art of uncrossing the wires of understanding between men and women expanding self-awareness, and leveling up relational development so legendary love, healthy relationships, and sustainable partnership become possible again in this disconnected digital age. In addition to her commitment to love and relationship education, her passion for producing epic, high-level events runs deep. She is the producer and event director for Matu M-O-T-U, Summit, and her flagship day training, Get the Love Worth Having. Her previous producing credits include Awesomeness Fest and Man Talks. I have so been looking forward to getting Kelsey on the show. Been following this girl on Instagram for a while, and I finally got to meet her in Vancouver. In my recent trip, we had a blast. She's such a doll, and she has so much juicy insight to share with us today. I know I use that word a lot, juicy, but it's true. Like I All these people I have on this show are so freaking juicy, and Kelsey has a really interesting story, and she has found her purpose and her calling, and she is living it up and serving people in massive transformative ways. Today, this episode is releasing on 4th of July, so I just have to say, happy 4th, you guys. If you live in America and you celebrate, I hope you're having a blast. If you don't live in America and you don't celebrate, I hope you're having a blast. Today's show sponsor is Fit. F-I-T-T, fit is the all-in-one place, the fast and easy way to find a fitness studio, healthy place to eat, outdoor adventure, or upcoming event near you. Fit is on the ground in more than 25 cities and is quickly expanding into many more. If you want to check out your city or a city you are about to visit, go on over to fit.co, that's F-I-T-T dot co slash moon and select explore to find the city of your dreams or wherever you are that you want to find awesomeness at. Um, I love going over to fit to find out my new places to rock climb or do yoga or get a smoothie bowl. It's just really convenient to have one place where you can find everything you could possibly need in your city and not have to go to Yelp or Google necessarily. So check it out. Let me know if you discover a new healthy spot or a new adventure. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Last but not least, if you have not claimed your free trial using Audible, go to audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings to get a free book. Maybe you get the book we mentioned today. Maybe you get one of the books from my awesome Maddie Moon's 100 plus favorite books list that's found on my website. I will have the link to that as well. I will have the link both to the Audible free trial and the link to the free book list if you're curious about getting a new book. All right, that's all the announcements we have for today. I'm excited to introduce to you Kelsey. After you listen to this, go soak up all the knowledge you can from Kelsey's Instagram and on her website because I have a feeling you're going to love her.
0: Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on maddiemoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. Hey, Miss
1: Kelsey. It's so good to Hi. see your face. Hi. <laughs>
0: so great to be here. I'm so happy to have you on
1: the show. We've been trying to get this set up for forever, and here but we I'm... are. Okay. It's the
2: magical day today. The
1: magical day. So we were just talking before this on numerology. Mm -hmm. I know nothing about numerology. All I know Mm -hmm. is that 1111 is a special number from the angels. true. (laughs) So you said that you were in um, a nine-year cycle.
2: Yeah. Tell us more. So in numerology, it's kind of broken down into like nine-year cycles. So you have nine years, and in those nine years, you'll experience different themes. Like a one-year is new beginnings. This makes sense. It's a one. And so in a one-year, you're going to be starting a lot of new stuff and it's a good time to begin like a new job, a new relationship, um try new things, move, like so you're going to see a lot of that forward movement energy in a one year. And then we kind of progress through the numbers and like two is all about partnership, three is all about self-expression, four is about foundation, Mm -hmm. five is about change, six is about family and community, seven is about introspection, eight is about abundance. So all of the seeds that you planted in the previous seven years start to blossom, or they don't if you've been, you know, messing around and like not doing your work. (laughs) Like you'll get that karmic payback in an eight year. And then a nine year is the closing. So it's the closing of that nine-year cycle. So any themes that you've been facing for the last nine years will come up for review so that you have an opportunity to actually complete them instead of carrying them forward into your next nine-year cycle. So that's like a very brief overview. So
1: do you – this might be a very ignorant question,
2: but do you get to choose when your nine years begin? Like you're like this – oh, no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, so it's based on your birthday. So it's based on your day of birth, your month of birth, and the current year that it is. So you add all of those numbers up, and then you get usually a double digit, and then you add the two single digits from the double digit, and that will be your, your year.
1: So I've been in a cycle. I've been living my entire life through cycles, and I haven't even known the theme of know? my years.
2: We want to know what year it is. Yeah,
1: this? let's find okay. this out.
2: Hey, what's your birthday?
1: August 19th. 1991.
2: Okay, so you are in a year two. I'm in a year two, which you said was... All about partnership, and it's about... <laughs> of course. Like, your, relation, your relationship to other. Oh, my so God, yeah. Year one is all about your relationship to you, and then we move into a year two is, like, how do you dance with others? Like, how do you relate to others? And you're going to be learning a lot in this year about how to relate in a way that really works for
1: you. This is, it's like, yeah, duh. Like I I was thinking it's going to be something with people because I'm going through, well, first off, I'm going through an entire eight month course that started last month called the relationship salon. So it's nothing but relationship and learning how to communicate, not as a, not as a coach or a speaker, but as a human being, as a woman, Mm -hmm. like really Mm -hmm. just stripping myself down and figuring out, how do I want to show up in relationship to other? And then I've yeah. got all this stuff happening with relationships with my grandma and my mom and my dad sure. and my sister. And then, you know, dating. And, and that's what we're going to talk oh. about today, which I'm super excited to, to hear your perspective on and and get some learned by you. Yes. But, yeah, wow. And so last year, I'm trying to think. Last year was my, my uh, new beginnings. So mm-hmm. I wonder what – I'll, I'll have to – take some time to think about all the the new beginnings I had last year because I feel like I did have quite a lot of growth. Wow. So cool. Cool. Hey, so cool. Okay. So beep, beep, beep. That's my backup sound. We're going to back up up here. We're going to (laughs) back it up, back it up. We're going to talk about you and a little bit of your story. So I want to hear what has led you here to this ninth year Uh, in your cycle. Um, (laughs) Basically, who are you? And tell us a little bit about your journey.
0: Okay. So
2: I'm Kelsey, and I'm based in Vancouver in Canada. And I am a relationship and love educator. So I essentially teach people how to love better and have really great relationships with themselves and with other people. And uh, how did I get here? Well, it began nine years ago (laughs) when (laughs) I I I literally was in a one-year cycle. I didn't even know this at the time, but I had been feeling really restless in my hometown, and I've been feeling this pull to go to the West Coast. And I had no real logical reason to make that move, but my gut just kept saying, you got to go. And so I packed up my car, I picked a date, and I moved. And I got a place to live, like, a couple days before I moved to Vancouver. And, like, it was all very serendipitous how it all happened. Didn't have a job. Like, I knew two people when I moved to the city. And that was it. I'm like This is literally a new beginning. And at the time, I was doing Landmark, and I was in their self-expression and leadership program. And so I was doing that program in Vancouver which was the perfect way to integrate into a new community because I literally had to go and build a community project so I had to go meet new people and through that project and that four month program my coach in that program suggested that I consider coaching as a profession and I was like nice try like trying to sell me into the next landmark thing like not having it and she's like no 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 I mean like do it for a job she's like It doesn't matter if you ever do another landmark thing again, like, I don't care. She's like, but you have a gift and you have this ability to coach and guide people in a way where they feel empowered to take action in their life and then they create results. She's like, you could really build a business around that. And to give you context, I was coming from a life in Calgary where I was in a band I was doing music, <laughs> like, the whole world of entrepreneurship was really foreign to me, even though we were running a music studio. um that didn't even occur to me as like an entrepreneurial pursuit, and so this whole world of coaching and being my own business owner, I was like, "What are you talking about?" and that began my journey of not only self discovery but business discovery. And I started as a business coach and life coach. And what I kept noticing was everyone wanted to talk about love. Everyone wanted to talk about relationships. And if they were having a breakdown in money, I could always tie it back to some relationship that was compromised, whether it was a relationship with themselves or a relationship in their family or maybe with their partner. But it always came down to a breakdown in a relationship. And then I started to notice, you know, men and women are really operating differently when it comes to how they do relationships. And I have a lot of guy friends. So I was kind of put in this immersion of the masculine and being like mm-hmm. the outsider, kind of watching these aliens, <laughs> you know, I'm like, what are these creatures? And like they, they all collectively act in a very similar way in my friend group. And I'm like huh, my girlfriends do not act like that. And if we were given the same relationship scenario, my girlfriends would filter that very differently than my guy friends would. And so that just piqued my curiosity even more about diving into the world of relational dynamics and then understanding the differences between the masculine energy, the feminine energy, and then how we're hardwired differently
0: Mm.
2: and how that does influence and impact if we are in relation with someone of the opposite sex and opposite gender, it, it will influence how we interact with each other. And to not have that information taught in schools, I think is a really big problem because it doesn't matter who we're attracted to. like We're still having to deal with men and women and anyone on the spectrum for the entirety of our lives, like, and so to not know how to navigate that with eloquence and grace and, you know, wisdom, I think is just such a disservice to the world. And so then it became my mission. (laughs) I was like, first of all, let's get people right with themselves. Because we can't learn how to be great with another person if we haven't learned how to be great with ourselves. And you know, the degree to which we'll be able to hold space for another person really mirrors how we've been able to meet ourselves. And can we only meet you know, the bright, shiny bits, or are we okay with embracing the totality of our humanity, which includes our shadow? And a lot of people disown their shadow because we live in a culture that's like, no, be happy all the time and be good. Everything's fine. But everything isn't fine, you know. And so if we don't have the tools and the skills and the language to talk about our shadow and our relationship to it, it just hijacks our entire system. And then we end up acting in passive aggressive ways or flat out aggression and pushing away high quality connection. So... I mean, that's kind of a long-winded way of answering your question. Oh, that's (laughs) what I want. Yeah. so That's how I got here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's so organic. And I love that you said one thing, no matter what it was, it would always lead back to something to do with relationship. And I am so finding that to be true, whether it's in my own life or women that I speak with, it always comes back to relationship. And that's what our deepest craving is on this planet Earth, is to have relationship with ourselves, and with others. That's why we're here. Um, One of the things I was, when I was hearing you talk about my guy friends are different than my girlfriends over here. Like, yes, yes, yes. So true. I'm curious when it comes to arguments, what do you see in the masculine and how they get their point across in arguments versus the Mm -hmm. feminine and how she typically gets her point across in arguments and the disconnect that happens there?
2: Um, well, I think it comes down to like the hardwired fears of both genders. So the hardwired fear for the masculine is failure. The hardwired fear for the feminine is disconnection. And so when we get into conflict, we're filtering through those lenses. So he might be hearing his partner um, and what she's saying as criticism. And, you know, if he's got that filter of failure on, he's going to hear it as criticism. And the tendency, and this is obviously a big generalization because every man is different, every woman is is different, but the tendency seems to be that when men hear criticism, a lot of the time they'll pull back. And then that fires up the feminine's fear of disconnection, and so she leans in and talks more. Mm And then the way that women generally talk is we'll talk around things, we'll include a lot of detail, we'll be like, what's wrong when we feel like that disconnection happening? And he's over here being like, there isn't anything wrong. And then she doesn't accept his answer as valid because it doesn't match her internal reality. And so she keeps pushing. And then that actually leads to like, ah, I just need space. And then we actually see a severing of connection there. And so, you know, both people have responsibility here. You know, as women, we have to understand that that instinct for connection is so strong that we might pick up on a subtlety that if happened with our girlfriends, it would mean that there's a disconnection. If our girlfriend was giving us one word answers, we'd be like, "Uh Oh, she's pissed. Mm -hmm. Like she is so mad at me. But the masculine, because, you know, if we think about it, hunter gatherer, like the hunter needs to be efficient. He needs to be dialed and focused. And so the most efficient thing to do is get to the point and not use a lot of words. (laughs) And so his instinct, and like, of course, there are lots of men who love to chat and love to talk. They're operating from their essence. They're not operating from their instinct. Their instinct will be to give the one word answer because it's the most efficient. Her instinct picks that up and is like, oh this connection is happening. Oh my god, talk more, talk more, talk more, talk more, mm. more. give more detail, give Paranoia. more detail. Yeah. 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 Because when we trust someone as women, we give a lot of detail. Mm. As women, when we don't trust someone, that's when we hold back and that's when we give the one word answer. And so, when you see that happen between women, that's when we get that subtle cue of like, "Oh yeah, she's pissed." Because she's not giving me details. She doesn't trust me anymore. Something's wrong here. And so if we're relating to our male friends, male family members, male partners, as women through that context, we're going to see just a lot of unnecessary conflict that shows up because it inevitably will trigger part of his instinct and vice versa. Like if he doesn't learn how to communicate with more words and, you know, step into his essence and learn how to talk about his feelings and his emotions. And even, you know, if he thinks it's totally irrelevant to tell her what he had for lunch, she is going to be so happy Yeah, (laughs) to know that he had the seared tuna on a bed of, you know, arugula (laughs) <laughs> this light sprinkling of dressing like she's going to be so delighted hearing all that detail because she's like yes connection we're safe he trusts me
0: mm,
1: yeah so recently I was I was dating someone and what we were doing we're checking in with each other here and there saying uh, what's going really well for you what do you want more of and that was I phenomenal that. oh my god it was mm. so good it was phenomenal. Um, so we just check in and say this, I'm loving that we're doing this. I'm loving that we're doing this so that we know to continue doing it. Like you don't know unless you're told. And then we would make sure we set aside time to speak what we would like to have more of. And, um, something he said he wanted more of from me is to not necessarily have me throw, um, more communication at him, but more, he wanted to see more of me in the communication I already had. Like, Mm. if I sent a video of myself saying, hi, he wanted to feel me more, and maybe that was through, like, my facial expressions or my body or um, my eyes, like, as woo-woo as that sounds, like, you get Mm -hmm. it. You know what that Mm -hmm. means. Like, really feel me in the the communication I would send his way, like, in the voicemails. Really tell him where I'm at instead of just, hi, how are you? Missy, thinking of you, like, he wanted to feel me. And, and so that's exactly lined up with what you're saying. Like, not more words necessarily, just a mm-hmm. feeling. And then what I had said to him, which is so funny because of what you're saying, I was like, I want to see, like, what your lunch is. I want to see, like, selfies of you. And I wanted, I wanted those details. And he was like, um, I what? never really – yeah, he was like, I never really – I'm not really the kind of guy to take a picture of me and my food and be like, here we are. <laughs> but – I'll do it for you. And the next day I got a picture of him eating his little seaweed snacks. Um, oh my gosh. He loves so his, he, was like, he was like, I seaweed you. And he made it so cute. Aww. Yeah. It was really sweet. And um, so yeah, like even if it's not, I'm a very visual learner and he's very mm-hmm. auditory. So it makes sense that he was saying, I want to hear you and feel you. And when I hear you, mm-hmm. and then I said, I want to see you. I want your details. I want the little things. What song did you hear today that you loved? Like,
0: Totally, Stuff like that.
1: and and that um, that relation that that connection isn't really going on anymore yet. That doesn't really so much matter because I learned such a powerful tool mm-hmm. that I'm going to take into every relationship moving forward. Like those check-ins, Absolutely. those check-ins are really
0: helpful.
2: I and I love that. A, you just shared that because now I'm going to use that, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to tell all my clients to use it too. Yeah. Um, but also, like you point to such a good you know, element to talk about in terms of, you know, there isn't any dating situation that ever really is a waste of time if we're learning. And, you know, learning has everything to do with our attitude about it. And also if we're filtering properly at the very beginning. So like, I find a lot of women that I've talked to, whether through Instagram or Facebook or even in the local community, they're kind of disenchanted with the whole dating scene. And there's just like this oversaturation of like, you know, people swiping, 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 attention spans are nil. And so when they go on these dates, like they're kind of a flop. And then they're like, Oh, there's just no good people out there. And And I'm like, you know, maybe we just need to get better at filtering because, you know, if we are investing physical time with someone like that, they should already be meeting baseline criteria of alignment before Mm. you even agree to meet them in person. And that's where we're really missing the mark culturally because we're so quick to especially with all these apps where we're like oh i can meet you in like five minutes because you're like 1.2 you know meters away from me (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like we we're rushing into a physical meeting of someone before we actually know anything about them and know if they meet baseline alignment criteria what
1: are your baseline alignment criteria
2: Um, I use my non-negotiable yeses, and um, so those are self-awareness, generosity, and living on purpose or connected to his purpose. So I will have conversations with someone before I agree to meet them in person, and in those conversations, whether they be, it's usually like at least one phone call and a bunch of texts or emails or messages, and I will, yeah, I know. I like it. (laughs) Email. Me. I like to hit all the angles. <laughs> That's great. And uh, but I'll I'll just ask questions and like I will ask them like tell me like you like if you had it all your way like what would a perfect day look like to you?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Or I would ask like you know if you had to ensure that you left this world with one lesson, what would you leave it with? What do you want to dedicate your life to? Like if you had an opportunity to gift the world with equality, what would you gift the world with? And so those types of questions will reveal whether or not he's self-aware, whether or not he has any element of generosity in him. Because generosity to me doesn't mean you know, financial generosity. It means a generosity of spirit, a generosity of love, a generosity of being willing to lean in and connect. And then the final piece of being connected to his purpose and living on purpose. Mm. And so that's usually where, unfortunately, a lot of men drop off. That one or the self awareness piece. And so if I already see that there is either no self awareness <laughs> and like they're just not interested in working on themselves and, you know, learning how to be better humans then I'm like, yeah, have a beautiful incarnation. Nice to, to chat with you. Bye. Yeah.
1: Like,
2: I'm not, I am not investing my time into meeting someone who I already know doesn't meet one of my non-negotiable yeses. And so once I suss out that all three of those are aligned, then I will agree to meet someone in person and then I'll test for the non-negotiable no's. So the non-negotiable no's are like any active addictions or previous Addictions, um, doesn't live a healthy lifestyle, and is dishonest. So how do those... you find
1: out if they're dishonest?
2: Well, I pay attention. Like, and these are things that you're going to suss out over a longer period of time. So it might be something is like so simple as they say they're going to do one thing and then they don't.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then inquiring about that, not making an assumption about it, but inquiring about it. Um, I had been seeing someone in the fall. And he met the first three criteria. So I'm like, okay, let's go for dinner. Like, let's, you know, hang out and see how this goes. And as we spent more time together in person, I started to see that he was not really telling the truth about an area of his life. And that was smoking. He had told me that he wasn't a smoker, but like occasionally he would if he was playing a gig. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll kind of test that one out to see like what we're talking about here. But if you say you're not a smoker, then, you know, I'm going to believe you because I have no reason not to trust you until you give me one. (laughs) And then as we go along, like he starts to reveal more information about like his diet and like what he eats. And I'm like, I cannot, I cannot have a life with someone who has this type of diet. Like uh, we would have so many conflicting ideas and ideals because I would be the person who wants to go and like get green juice and smoothie bowls and like shop at Whole Foods and like hear someone who's like, no, let's just eat donuts and drink coffee with lots of sugar and cream and like not that that's bad but like it just doesn't align with a really important value for me. And then as we continued, like I figured, I found out that he actually is a full-time smoker and he says that he's not because it gets him a break on his insurance and his insurance would not cover him if they knew he was a smoker. And as soon as I found that out I'm like okay, so we have dishonesty, we have an addiction and we have an unhealthy lifestyle. And like, so even if one of those non-negotiables, you know, the no's was showing up, it would still be a no for me. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was all three of them, I was like, okay, clear. Yeah. <laughs> but also it didn't feel like a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And so some of my girlfriends, when they heard that, they're like, but you've been like hanging out with this guy for a few months. Like what a waste. I'm like, really? I don't think it was a waste. And am like, first of all, I had fun. I enjoyed my time with him. Like, he's a, a nice human. Like, we've had really great conversations. He's kind. Like he's generous. He's a good dad. Like, but there are just elements that don't fit for me. And that's the whole point. Like I have enough respect for my relationships that I'm going to wait and be more intentional before I agree and give my commitment fullheartedly. And for me to be able to give that commitment fullheartedly and feel really safe and secure about that. There are things that I just need to experience about someone that, you know, people can say whatever they want to say on paper. They can, you know, <laughs> you know, project this reality of who they want to be. But when we get down to actually living life with someone and they, seeing them on a more regular basis, like the facade can only be kept up for so long. And so then we're going to start to see that when we give it a little bit more time, is this person everything that they've presented themselves to be? Is this person aligned with what they say that they value? Is this person an aligned match for me? Because I wanna know yes or no. And to me, the whole point of the dating phase is clarity. So if you get clarity that someone is misaligned for you, you've succeeded at the dating phase. If you have clarity that they are aligned for you, you've succeeded at the dating phase. Mm because the point is clarity. And then we move into a secondary phase, which is relationship. So relationship and dating for a lot of people get collapsed and they're like one and the same. So we go on one date, we're in a relationship, you know, and that's just not the case. And, but that happens if we have a deficiency of love, we have a deficiency of connection with self, like we will definitely try and rush that connection. And so if we can separate those two and know that dating is a phase, I like to spend about three months in that phase, you know, depending who the person is, maybe a little bit more, um, to really suss it out and make sure that there's enough alignment for a relationship. And if there isn't, then the second I know that there isn't enough alignment, I say so. And the dating phase ends with that person. And It's just such a freeing way of going through this whole relating to humans thing, because I don't want to be in a relationship with someone that isn't aligned for me. That's going to cause a lot of chaos, a lot of conflict, a lot of unnecessary pain, you know, and sure, it takes a little bit longer to suss it out, but... I would much rather spend a little bit more time at the beginning and then have a harmonious relationship with someone Mm. (laughs) that I am compatible with. And, you know, our lifestyles are congruent, our values are congruent, and we complement each other in really powerful ways.
1: Oh, my God. This is like, oh, this is all so good. (laughs) Um, Wow. Because I love, firstly, I love that you gave your criteria, your your non-negotiable yeses and noes, because I think that will give people a really good idea of how to go about finding out if, if their potential suitors, let's call them mm-hmm. that, have these things they want. Because I, I, too, have things like, for me, this is way more superficial than what you just listed. But one of them, to me, it's very, very, very important that whoever I'm dating has a car. Mm. And where I live, it's very common. Lots of people don't have cars. And to me, mm. not having a car is the similar as having a twin-size bed. Like, there's Mm -hmm. just no room for the other person. It's telling, it's this person telling the universe, like, all I have is my bike and me, and that's all there's room for, unless Mm -hmm. someone picks me up. And then Mm -hmm. that that becomes me, the person picking them up. And I have dated so many men who, where I have picked them up, and that causes resentment. And I don't want to set them up for resentment from my past experiences and what I don't want to deal with. So I find out now, before I even meet them, if they're going to be driving Mm -hmm. themselves. To this date, or are they going to be riding their bicycles?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Taking the bus. Yeah.
1: I'll I'll put it like in a kind of like what I do on this show, like a quick fire round thing. Like, hey, let's do a round of fun questions. One of them might be like, "What's your relationship to coffee?" Do you have car? <laughs> 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 um, who would you want to trade <laughs> places with for a day? <laughs> like, that's how I'll do it. Like, do you live I'd in, in a home? Like, I'll like put in my serious questions in these. Yeah quick fire round ones and that's how I find out and it like it kinda don't know what I'm doing and maybe mm-hmm. they actually very much do. But so, uh it's, it's how I find some of the and then also I love what you said about like finding out if they are a purpose driven man. Like do they have purpose? Is there something in this world they they have to do before they die.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if they have an answer like I don't know that gives you a really great idea of where they are in their stage of life. Totally. One thing I wanted to also point out and and talk a little bit more about I love that you said after the three months you you said there was not a waste you learned now Mm. I feel like for the past several years of my life probably it feels like probably two years um it's been like three month segments Mm. three months three months three months three months and it like after two years I'm not very good at math but that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot <laughs> of like, I I I probably do have this tendency of putting all my eggs into one basket. Mm. But what it, it what it feels like to me is if I really want to get to know someone and if I wanna have downtime for myself, I can't be dating all these different people all at once. Mm. I did that kind of recently where I had three people who were, hey, are you free Tuesday? oh, no, I'm meeting Johnny that night. Um, are you free Thursday? And, like, before I knew it, every night felt like it was – I was going out to dinner with someone, and that was so overwhelming to me. So I eventually had to just say bye to this person, bye to this person. I wanted to focus on this person. And in one way, it is putting all my eggs in a basket, and in another way, at the same time, it is me trying to simplify my schedule, not be crazy dating – um, and just give one person some of my time and attention. There are pros and cons to this. Obviously, pros you Shit. get to like simplify and really get to know this person. Cons you are putting your eggs into one basket. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm at this stage in my life where I am I'm really like I think I'm I'm feel I'm feeling some um, maybe I just I have like negative energy around the masculine right now because of these past two years of dating people on and off and just having lots of stories in my mind and assuming I know how it's going to go and all of this. So I guess there's two questions to hear. First, let's focus on um, how do you not put all your eggs into one basket, keep your options open, and not feel crazy by having multiple people wanting to get to know you?
2: Yeah, I think this is something that's a little bit more challenging for women simply because we are hardwired for connection. And so we're not having those simple get-to-the-point conversations with someone. We're, generally speaking, having a deeper level of connectivity. And that's a lot to manage when you have multiple people that you're managing that with. Um, My strategy is to have more of an abundance mindset around it. Um, there will be times, like in phases of my life, where I might be going on dates with multiple people. I personally, at this stage of my life, find that confusing. Um, I've definitely done it, and I've been in open relationships before and dated multiple people, and and that's fine. And that was, you know, an important phase of my life to have. But now I'm like, no, I actually really want my next relationship to be like this really beautiful partnership that I get to do life with this person. Mm -hmm. And so in in order to not get like super intense and like kind of choke hold the connection and let it evolve as it's meant to, um, I like to keep this abundance mindset happening of just noticing throughout my day where there are high quality men. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there are lots of them out there. And so that actually opens up my energy so that I don't feel like I need to make this one the one. But at the same time, I can still focus on one person because I just (laughs) and maybe it's just because I have so much on my plate right now with my business and I just couldn't be bothered (laughs) Mm. to be entertaining more than one person but that doesn't stop me from building connections with people and so if I take a friends first policy and I I think a lot of people have some stuff around this of being like friend zoned and it's not about friend zoning people it's just about making new friends
0: yeah
2: (laughs) and meeting new people And so if I take the pressure of that having to be something or, you know, move into dating, but like, I'm just meeting people and I'm meeting men, I'm meeting women. And there are men that I have resonance with and that I will, you know, talk to. And there are women that I have resonance with that I will talk to. And my philosophy is, you know, the cream of the crop rises to the top. So they sort themselves. Mm. So it's your job to meet people It's your job to befriend people and then let the connections that actually have resonance rise to the top because it will become very obvious who the top contender is (laughs) when we kind of release the need to control it because there's always going to be one that stands out above the rest. There's going to be one that shows up consistently that, you know, leans in, that wants to get to know you as much as you want to get to know him, and it'll naturally evolve. And so by having this nice baseline of new friends in the mix, we kind of take that pressure off. And we also know on a deep psychological level that if it doesn't work out with this person, there's a world of opportunity out there because you have physical evidence that there are really great humans that you've come into contact with. And that if you could, you know, meet this one person and find all of that alignment, that the next person that you meet is going to be the next level of that. Because you you literally can't regress. So even though you've had like these three-month marker relationships, you know, I imagine that each of them has built on one another and mm-hmm. you've learned and you're becoming more and more clear of what works for you and what doesn't work for you and what's a yes and what's a no and what feels good and what doesn't feel good and how to communicate your truth and you know how to create space for his and like there's all of these things that you're probably learning through each of those men and each of those relationships and that is ultimately preparing you for the relationship that moves past the three month mark.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and so it it can be a confronting thing because women have this like hardwired loyalty built in and it's instinctual because if you're not loyal to the caveman,
0: he might not
2: protect you. Yeah. And the caveman is like, I need to have as many children as possible so that our population continues to grow. And that my genes continue to be passed on because, you know, I'm the strongest caveman in the pack, whatever you call it. So, <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, so instinctually we're, we're really designed differently. And so as women, like, that loyalty will fire up a little prematurely.
1: Yeah. And, and like the pregnancy, like women would get pregnant when they were, what, like 12, 13, 14, oh. when they were younger. And they had no resources, and so they had to
2: be protected.
1: Yeah. They had to be exactly. protected. Oh, wow. Very
2: different times, cavemen, women times. We've evolved quite a bit. Yeah. and But the crazy thing is, yes, we've developed emotional intelligence. We've developed logic and reason. But our instinct is still the same. We have developed on top of our instinct, and we've expanded as human beings as a human race but our instinct that was there for survival when we were cavemen cave women is still hardwired in and sometimes it's going to hijack mm-hmm. our current day experience mm-hmm. and so loyalty for women is one of the things that is hardwired in there to our instinct and it's like oh i met this guy we had a great date now i have to be loyal to him and that's your instinct yeah that isn't your essence. So for for me to kind of weather that storm, it's so important for me to stay in alignment with myself. Because if I'm, and this is what happens a lot, like we meet someone, we like them, all of our routines we throw out the window and like I'm totally available. You know, and oh my God, the, yeah. second, the second we do that, we come out of our essence and then we're hijacked by our instinct and then we're doing all these crazy things you know like stalking his social media and like being so upset if he can't make date night or like all of this stuff and like being heartbroken if he is dating more than one person
1: yeah i i didn't go to my dance class because we were supposed to hang out like creating mm-hmm. resentment already this is mm-hmm. this is a lesson that i learned in um, i learned last year probably this this one big time um, because I kept attracting a type of man who I felt was halfway in mm. and they were, they had this abandonment quality where the minute times got tough, they just went dark or the minute my feelings showed up, they weren't really there to hold space for me or blah, 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 blah. Like just abandonment theme coming up, not mm-hmm. necessarily running away and never coming back, but on a micro scale, abandonment, Abandoned me when I, when I, when times sure. got hard. And I was wondering, like, why do I keep attracting these people who have this theme of um, disloyalty when I'm so loyal? Oh, my goodness, I'm always available to you. And someone called me out on this so lovingly, and it changed my changed my perspective on dating forever, where um, I was the one disloyal. I was disloyal to myself. Mm-hmm. And if I, the minute someone came in that drew my attention – I became disloyal to Maddie and I said, whatever, whatever, whoever you were before now, doesn't matter. This Mm -hmm. is, you belong to him now. Mm -hmm. And, and, and he didn't do that. He was more loyal to himself and his, in his purpose, which is what the masculine does. They're very purpose driven. They put that first generally. And that's, that's what the feminine also needs to begin to understand is that to the masculine, their purpose is very important and it's not a threat to us. Totally different side thing. Anyways, yeah, I, so I had to really learn when I begin to date people, I'm not going to put aside my eating habits, my routine, my acro, my love, my self exploration, my solo trips that doesn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's an inclusion of this person now, not an exclusion of who I am, because if you like me, this is what makes me, me. This Mm -hmm. is, this is all me. So you, you like this, all this stuff that makes me, me too. And the funny thing is, of course, the guy's like, I don't care. Do, do you? Yeah. (laughs) They don't care. They like that. Tell me about it. They like that. And so I think if more women, especially everyone listening to this episode, think about, do you find yourself getting upset that people aren't being loyal to you on your date night? And I don't necessarily mean they're going off and cheating on you. If that's the case, you need a, Ask yourself some really big questions about that relationship. Yeah. But on a micro scale, if they are not always showing up to, to, to do something fun that y'all previously had planned because some purpose-driven mission became really important to them, ask yourself, are you not understanding that because you fear loss and, and abandonment? Is it because you're abandoning yourself? Mm-hmm. What have you been putting aside to this person you're, you're probably just dating right now? Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's such a good test for alignment. Like can you stay in your own lane mm. with this person who's been introduced into your life? Yeah. That is like one of the number one things that I will look for. I will look to see like does this person inspire me to stay more in my lane and keep doing the things that make me me? Or does his energy or does his behavior try and kick me off my center because sometimes it's an unconscious thing where someone's energy because the attraction is just so insane that your instinct is like I must procreate with this person (laughs) and so I must be available all the time because you never know when you might be fertile and like yes impregnate (laughs) me right like so we have like that part of our instinct that kind of takes over. But then there's also the people who, you know, have their own trauma, their own shadow that is not integrated and they will see someone who is shining and be like, "Ooh, that's threatening." I mean, I'm drawn to it, but I'm also threatened by it. So, I'm going to make these like subtle digs to kind of gently nudge her or him off their purpose, off mm-hmm. their alignment. Because when someone's off their alignment, they're much easier to control they're much easier to manipulate and we see this like in a bigger scale you know in north america we've got an entire you know continent that's pretty much off purpose and so they're very easy to influence
0: mm-hmm.
2: one way or another mm-hmm. and so when we stay in our own lane we we can't be manipulated we can't be controlled and so that is to me a sign of a really healthy relationship is two people who are in their own alignment and that doesn't repel each other. Instead we're like, Oh, that's cool. Let's cruise on, you know, this path like in our own lane, but like side by side and like, I'll turn towards you and like enhance what you're up to. You turn towards me enhance what I'm up to and we amplify
0: mm-hmm. each
2: other's light. And if that's not happening, and this is why it's so key to have a dating phase, because you literally cannot test that on, you know, the first couple dates. People can be on their best behavior the first couple dates. Yeah. Come on. You know, and over time, like minimum three months of like seeing like how does this person interact with you? And do you feel like you can stay on your center? Because if you can't, it might be something to do with like how your energies are intermingling and it's not the most on purpose thing. Or maybe you have some more inner work to do before you're actually ready to step into the dating world.
1: And and yeah, I want to pause here. The work that you need to do before stepping into the dating world. So we're we're feminine creatures. We're craving. We love attention, right? Like feeling desired. I find that to be one of my like really strongest instincts. I love feeling desired. I love feeling wanted. And if I'm if I'm exhausted with um, the three months things on and off, and I just want some time to not just not right, just not anymore. <laughs> um, so I, the, the the loneliness is something that I struggle with is feeling mm-hmm. not desired, not touched, not wanted, not lacking kind of just romantic feeling. like I can get all the platonic touch I want going to acro yoga or going to um, cuddle, cuddle puddles, which totally happens in Boulder. And we love mm-hmm. them. cuddling with people. But it's so different whenever it's someone that's coming over at night. And you're cooking dinner together and you're drinking wine. You're dancing in the living room like that's my perfect night. I love doing those mm-hmm. things. So when I go through these phases of just focusing on myself, I find myself um, really in a very deep, and it feels very dark, a very deep, dark place of being with the emotion of loneliness. That's where I'm at right now. I'm really sitting in this. And uh, my teachers are very much saying, don't fill that time. You be in that loneliness and you feel it and you express it and you dance through it and you be by yourself. Mm -hmm. And part of me is, yes, let's do that thing. Let's be in this loneliness and feel the feelings. And, and that's only really the way to the other side. And then the other part is like, but is that starving my need? Is that like, is, am I yearning for something more? And it's possible. It's there. But I am um, now purposefully just choosing to be by myself and sit through this. Have you ever been through that kind of period, that yeah. stage?
2: I mean, I I often will take phases, like, my life has been anything but conventional when it comes to relationships, and, like, I will take breaks (laughs) from, you know, dating relationships. Obviously, if I'm in a relationship, I'm not going to be like, oh, I need a break from you. (laughs) We need a breakup so that I can have a break. Um, I don't do that. But when I find myself in phases when I'm single, I will go through these pockets where I will consciously choose not to date. And in those pockets, I meet myself. Mm. And sometimes what I meet is joy. Sometimes what I meet is fulfillment. And sometimes what I meet is loneliness. Sometimes what I meet is shame. Mm. Sometimes what I meet is resentment or guilt or sadness, grief. You know, I can meet all of that and it's not something that endures forever it doesn't last forever but you know in my personal experience sitting with that discomfort is the only thing that creates intimacy with it
0: mm-hmm.
2: and when i can create intimacy with my loneliness i'm no longer hijacked by it because my loneliness if i'm not creating intimacy with it it's driving my partner selection is driving my choices and you know, that's where a lot of self abandonment will come from is if loneliness has actually like woven its way in there and is driving the show. And so by meeting my loneliness and feeling that and, you know, getting intimate with it, asking it questions like what is it that you would have me understand that I can't currently see, you know, what is it that you'd like me to learn? About the nature of connection. And so I'll just ask different questions. And when I can sit and feel the feeling, but also ask an elevated question to myself, all of a sudden I feel a break in the loneliness. And being alone is no longer collapsed with loneliness. Mm. Because that can happen for a lot of people where they're alone. I feel loneliness and so now having had phases of time and I I might even have to meet this again at some other point in my story where I am alone and then that feeling of loneliness comes up and I it'll have something new to teach me and I I think that the healing isn't linear and so there have been times in the last two years since being single that you know, I feel really on purpose. I feel really strong. Like even, you know, when I'm in those times of not dating anyone and then I'll get hit like out of the blue. This happened. Hmm. When was the last time this happened? I think it was like January or maybe February that it happened. I went out to a movie with Mark and Kai and like my, my friends and had a really great connected night with them. Saw this movie. I think, I don't even know what it was, but it was like an action movie. So it wasn't emotional at all. And I am walking home from the theater, and I feel this rising of, like, strong emotional energy. give you context, I Was it Black Panther? Uh, Yeah, I think it was. That was the movie I was going to come join y'all for. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I had run into my ex, like, randomly earlier that day. Mm. And I didn't even recognize him. So he was looking at me, and I was like, why is this guy looking at me? I do <laughs> And then this one of our friends kind of popped up behind him. She's like, hey. I'm like, hey. And then it took me a second, and I was like, oh, you're my, you're my ex. Like, my mind had literally, like, erased him. Wow. And, like, not even able to see him anymore when he's physically in my field. And I'm like, well, that was a trippy experience and then we go watch this movie and I come come back home and I'm feeling this uprising of emotion and heaviness and weight and I'm like you know I have just enough time to get to my front door <laughs> before this starts to spill out mm-hmm. of my eyes and so by the time I got into my apartment like it was just like this upheaval and just ugly cry and like there was No good reason for it, but it was happening. And in that moment, I was feeling this extreme loneliness and really missing our relationship and really missing him. And what I heard in my head was like, Kelsey, that's not okay. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know he's not your person. Like, Like, there's so many reasons why it's clear that you guys are so misaligned and he is not your person. And then I heard how lacking of compassion that was and like wow would I ever talk to my niece that way if she was having an emotional experience no I would validate her experience and so I'm like maybe I should try something else and I'm like what if I just validated my experience like Kelsey it's actually okay to be feeling this way it's actually okay to be feeling lonely it's okay to be feeling sad it's actually okay to miss him it's okay to miss him and parts of your relationship. It's totally valid. And as soon as I did that, I felt a settling in my body. And then my heart kind of cracked open. I still cried. Um, but the feeling of tension in the body broke. Mm. And so that's now become my, my new methodology, is to just meet whatever is rising and meet it with intimacy and validate my experience. So when that loneliness comes up, to validate it. Like there's a good reason why it's rising and it's totally okay that it's there. And you'll probably see a shift in your relationship to loneliness and then that allows you to actually step into human connection from a clean aligned place. So that we're not having loneliness kind of hijack and like take the wheel of our lives and like steer us into connections that maybe aren't the most on purpose, or they're just going to reinforce like old stories and beliefs about ourselves. And then we'll have this context like, oh, I'm never enough, or I'm too much, or like, love doesn't exist, and like all that stuff, right? The
1: the word that comes up for me is desperation. Mm -hmm. When I think Mm -hmm. about some in certain pockets of my life where I've not done that work, I've clung to things that were clearly not powerful relationships that I would want. Like my vision of a a relationship that I want to have for a life partner is very powerful and it's very intense and it's very, um, we're going to stretch and grow. And I've dated people who just didn't know what their purpose was, um, Mm -hmm. at all, but didn't even want to. I think that's more important to say because not knowing your purpose, that's fine. I don't know what my purpose is because it changes on a moment to moment basis, but I'm Mm -hmm. always eager to make a difference in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wow. I was just, I was like mesmerized. I was so mesmerized because the way you just described that validation process on a surface level, at a glance, I'm like, oh yeah, I do that. Like, yeah, I like totally validate my feelings. But when I really look at it, I know what it feels like to pause and and do that process you just said of would I tell my cousin that or whoever it was, would I tell Mm -hmm. my best friend that? No, I need to, to slow down and try a different approach. That process. I don't do that with all these Mm -hmm. emotions. I I skip over them and, and I, I, am like, I'm lonely, I'm lonely. Like, but I don't really like nurture myself in my loneliness, the way that I, my inner mother wants to, there's a mother within me that's like so willing and ready to nurture and say, I see you. Like I, f- I feel for you. Like I want to hug you. I want to be with you. And, and that process, that I, the way that we get to a place where we can be in our feelings without judgment, it's a, it takes creating a habit. Yeah, I think it, it really does create a habit because it's not easy to do that full on process. It's it's not in our instinct. We're not taught in school how to nurture ourselves and validate our own experiences. And that's why so many of us are stuck in these same cycles is because we haven't created that habit yet because that does need to be a habit.
2: Absolutely.
1: Just the other night I was having this moment where all the past two weeks I've been coming, I've been coming up with so many demons. Oh my God. Like All my shadow sides have been coming up over the past two months, I would say. Last week I had... A shadow side that was popping up in every freaking corner. And I was getting way deep into that emotion, that feeling. And I was crying in my bed and just like feeling, feeling, feeling. And then I was thinking to myself, "I the thing I'm, I'm crying about is feeling lacking love. Mm. And in this moment, am I giving myself any? No. And I had this one thought of I'm choosing to give myself love. And I felt the switch. It's like such a Mm -hmm. different – like you feel it. You feel it in your body when you say I'm going to choose to validate and and love myself. And I remember I just fell asleep. (laughs) I just like drifted (laughs) off the bed and I was like woke up the next day and you know, I had to revisit all of it again and do the whole thing. But um, I just like peace washed over me because I was like, hey, my self-love can never be taken from me. Like even if the rest of the world is – saying shit or looking down on me or judging me or this or that, or I feel like I'm a fuck up and I'm not people pleasing everyone. Can I still love myself? Fuck yeah. I can always love myself. That's always available. So yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Really. Yes, So good. (laughs) Okay. So this seems like a perfect place to wrap up. Um, I want you to share with my audience where they can connect with you online and then we'll do a few divine deep dive round questions.
2: Okay, um, so I'm most active on Instagram, so Radical Self Love is my Instagram. I can also find me on my website, KelseyGrant.com. Um, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but we might have our new website up by this time, and that will be the Legendary Love Academy. So we'll have both of those. So that's going to be more the place to go for relational education, self-love education, all of those pieces. Um, and then we'll probably just... Keep my website for like my music and magical stuff like that. Um, But yeah, Instagram, I'm on there every day, and that's probably the best way to find me.
1: Perfect. And I will have all those links on the show notes for this episode 211. And this will be airing. (gasps) It's upcoming.
2: What? Going back to numerology, if we're episode 211, so 11, if like 1 plus 1 is 2, so then we have a 22. Which is the Master Builder number, which is so awesome.
1: I love this. This is so yeah. cool. Your face was just like, ah, Christmas morning. Oh my god, it's amazing. Magic and uh, and two eleven. Yeah. So it'll be airing this upcoming Wednesday.
2: Okay, great. Perfect. So the other website won't be up by then, but it'll be coming in the next couple months.
1: Okay, so. all right. I'll have all those links in the show notes for this divine okay. deep dive round time do it what is one must-read book
2: uh what's it called Uh, get the love keeping let me see
1: get the love you want getting
2: getting the love you want yeah
1: if you could trade places with anyone dead or alive for a day who would it be and what would you do first
2: oh who would I trade places with um hmm such a big question um okay I'm obsessed with Mary Magdalene and so I would probably trade places with her for a day and I would probably just go hang out with Jesus and yeah. you know, have some some real talk and maybe frolic through a field and you know make some magic
1: that sounds amazing maybe perfume yeah. your hair and wash some feet yeah you know exactly do all exactly. the things all the things that's so
2: good that's so good Okay, um,
1: next question. What did you have for breakfast?
2: I haven't had breakfast. I don't eat breakfast. I do fasting in the morning and then I have a coffee and then I eat around 1. What are you going oh. to eat at 1? You know, I'm probably going to have some sauteed greens with sweet potato wedges mm-hmm. and a protein of some kind. So I'm really a big fan of this sausage they do up at Turf one of the places near my my house and uh, so I'll probably go eat that
1: I want to go to turf turf had this like um sweatshirt that I've been thinking about constantly you know they're like light gray sweatshirt yeah I want that do they still have it <laughs> I
2: think so I'll let you know when I go. let there. me know
1: maybe I'll maybe I'll, I'll Venmo you and get that Cause I seriously think about that sweatshirt all the time I'm like it's gray it's light it just says turf on it it's beautiful <laughs> i don't know why certain <laughs> things so like stand out to me and that was one of them okay um next question is if you could be not if you could be what is
2: your spirit animal a red-tailed hawk
1: oh okay hawk. i worked I, like with, I worked with a
2: shaman for a while and like that's that's oh, why i know right? i like that but it makes sense like hawks can not only see like the small details but they have the bigger vision and mm. that's definitely how i operate but also with the red tail that's the kundalini rising so we see a lot of yeah. you know sexual energy that's transmuted into a higher nature and so that's been a big theme of my life as well of like learning how to use my sexual energy in a way that It doesn't put me in a compromised situation, but instead enhances my creativity, my radiance. Um, There's, I mean, that's a conversation for another day. But
1: I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last question. You dance. You love to dance, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. What song are we most likely gonna find you dancing to right now?
2: Oh. Okay. She knows. I will tell you. It's so freaking good. I can't even, like, turn it
1: Oh, off. I'm so glad I asked this question.
2: Um, where is it? It's called Make It Happen by John Splitoff.
1: Make it happen. It is
2: so good. Like, I I'm obsessed with it to the point where I was like, I need to learn the chords on the guitar and just, like, play along with it on the guitar, because, like, I can't I'm listening to it when I'm running, I'm listening to it when I'm dancing, I'm listening to it when I'm going somewhere, and now I just gotta play it on my guitar.
1: Is it, like, a fast like, mm, Let's oh, yeah,
2: sexy. it's like, ah, it's not really oh, okay. sexy, it's just like, like fun? playful and okay. fun. Oh, yeah. Um, if you want like a sexy one, there's a song called Nevermind by Dennis Lloyd, and that's like a little bit more like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into it, like, okay. I'm gonna be dropping it and, you know, I'm getting drop a little it. sexy. Yeah. Okay,
1: I'm gonna put both the songs on the show notes for this, because that sounds amazing. Kelsey, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been so much fun and really so juicy. Fun. And like like I said, I I was mesmerized when when you were speaking because you just have a very um, compassionate way of sharing your own experiences with us and with the audience members in a way that I feel will relate to not only where we're currently at, but this is like lifelong. This is a lifelong journey, relationships, and it's stuff we can come back to time and time again to continually learn new lessons so thank you
2: you're very welcome thanks for having me
1: everyone if you forgot i don't think you will forget because of how excited we got at 211 but this is episode 211 and (laughs) you can go to the show notes for this if you want to get all the links that we mentioned including the must-read book and the songs and her website and instagram all that so i will see you guys soon hope you enjoyed this episode please head on over to instagram and let us know what you thought see you next week we